by the DraftKings Sportsbook app, America's number one sportsbook app. Don't forget to hit that like button, subscribe wherever you get your podcast, and leave us a five-star review. I'm almost 99% positive that the audio picked that up. Oh, yeah. Oh, it definitely did. It was intentional. picked it up. It was intentional. (laughs) Everything I do is on purpose. Oh, is it? (laughs) Start this one off. Thank you for my double pumpkin porter. Real spicy today. (laughs) Uh, thank you guys for joining us. We appreciate having you here. Hopefully your Thursday is off to a great start. Um, I'm Lindsay Smith here with Saul Bookman, Gerald Borgay, and Espo. And the Suns had practice today. They did not have practice yesterday. They took a little off day. We saw Devin Booker on his Instagram story sharing that he got away to Flagstaff to get some fresh air. Well, and Justin hang out was in, in the Flagstaff woods. yesterday. I wonder if they hooked up. Um <laughs> Just random Today's a very random day for me, (laughs) so be prepared. Okay. Uh, (laughs) Anything I can do to throw Lindsay off her game today? From practice, so practice updates. Through the first four games, we've kind of noticed a few trends with the Suns' bigs. They've played very similar styles. It's been a point of emphasis for both of them to establish physicality, and we heard from Jock Lindell himself about that today at practice. It's a solid agreement between us that we want to be you know, known as a physical duo that kind of come, I come off the bench after he's beat someone up for the first seven, eight minutes. So, um, you know, we want to maintain that throughout the year and not slip up on that because that's that, that sets a tone for us on the inside and, and, and lets everyone know that, you know, we, we, we're going to go out there and play super hard and physical every night. And I think we've done a great job of that for the first four games. Um, you know, CP and Booker keeping on us, and Monty's kind of, you know, in my ear as well, is just keep that up because, you know, it rubs off on, on DA, and you can see that now. And, you know, his physicality in turn rubs off on me coming off the bench. So, um, you know, right now we've got things flowing at a good rate, and uh, it's exciting. Yeah, so I, I had asked him about, because DA, Monty, everyone had talked about how they wanted to establish physicality, and it's kind of been. Uh, surprising on Landale's front, at least, because when he came in, we thought he was going to be a pick-and-pop stretch big. And a lot of the times, if you go back and look at the Warriors game, the Clippers game, a lot of the stuff they were running was similar in the looks that DA and Jock were getting as far as those deep seals and those easy looks that they were getting around the basket. So um, it is kind of cool that they are making this a silent point of emphasis, like he said, um, to get those easy looks. And, And it's... It's cool how he mentioned that Monty's keeping on him. The guys are keeping on him to do that because it's a situation where he and DA are kind of feeding off of each other, being on the bench and watching the other go out, and then they get their opportunity to go in and do the exact same thing. So it's kind of cool how they're feeding off of each other in that way. Um, And I, I wanted to go back and look at the Warriors game because there were two plays that stood out, one from each guy, that were very similar. Um, So if we want to bring up the first uh, image here. Uh, so here we've got DA at the top of the key with Kevon Looney on him. He's got the ball in his hands. Cam Johnson's in the corner and he's guarded by Clay Thompson on the strong side. And then you've got CP and Draymond Green right next to DA on the weak side. You've got Devin Booker being guarded by Wiggins and you've got Mikhail Bridges cutting under the basket, drawing Steph Curry out of the lane. Um, and at this point, 
Cam Johnson runs past a pick from Chris Paul. Chris Paul makes good contact on Clay Thompson, who is Cam Johnson's man. Draymond is playing closer to the basket to make sure nobody's slipping there. And D.A. kind of takes a dribble out to position himself for the dribble handoff. Um, at this point, Cam Johnson gets the ball from D.A. on the handoff, and Clay Thompson is behind the play. You can kind of see him gesturing to Kevon Looney, like, I'm trailing, I'm behind, you're going to have to switch on this play and guard Cam Johnson, at which point the Suns have already gotten what they want because now Cam Johnson's at the top of the key, he's got the big on him, he's drawn him out, and D.A. is starting to cut with Clay Thompson switching on to D.A. And then in the weak side, you look at Book, and he's got... Wiggins playing off but not being able to help too much. Same thing with Steph Curry on Mikael Bridges in the corner because those guys are great shooters, as we know. So you go to the next one. DA initiates contact with Klay Thompson about at the you know top of the free throw line yeah, there. Yeah. And he's already going to drag him down a few steps at that point. Cam Johnson doesn't see him at that point in time. He sees him, but it's because he's just creating that contact and if he swings it to book he's going to have a better angle for the entry point so if we go to the next one book catches the ball look at how deep da has got him his man in the lane from where he started contact this all happens in a split second so he's got him deep in the lane now at this point book sees him he throws him the ball in the in the paint he's catching it just outside the restricted area right there which is exactly where you want a guy with da size and strength to catch that ball and he goes right up over the top. He doesn't even put the dribble, put down a dribble, which is good because you can see the Warriors starting to collapse on him. So he just goes straight up into the hook shot there, and it's an easy finish over the top, easy two points. Um, so it, this is the type of stuff that when DA does his work early and the Suns do a good job of feeding him the entry pass, that's an automatic two points. Didn't they have a play earlier in the season similar set up and that's where DA found Cam cutting because his defender kind of collapsed. So there's a lot of options that come out of that and not just DA trying to score down low, right? Right. And and that's something they talked about in practice as far as like when they get that good position, it doesn't always have to be a feed into the post if it's not clean. They want to grow the environment as far as the ball handlers attacking and then you force the help and you have an easy dump off to a DA or a job. Every every set the Suns run basically has like 10 to 15 options that they can mm -hmm. they can derive from it because you don't ever want to be you don't ever want to have one or two you need to have that variety um i mean it's it's the complexity of basketball but it's also the beauty of basketball and how how many different ways this could go uh from and and every single player has has an option in every single move that happens yeah. and so um but you can only do that when you have a team uh, that is fully capable of being all around, you know, all around good players. You know what I mean? If you guys got, if you have guys that are just concentrating on scoring and they don't really, they're not good ball handlers or they're not good passers or anything like that, it's hard to execute these things at a high level. The Suns are fortunate that they have a big that isn't uh, deficient with the ball at at the top of the key. He can he can hold his own. He doesn't need to be Giannis out there, but he, you know he's not going to turn the ball over either. Um, and that's that's how this can all flow as well. Well, I, I, we aren't used to having great center play in Arizona historically, but I think this speaks to this play in particular, how important to have that gravity of a guy like a DA mm -hmm. out there because it pulls the defense and it opens up so much more around them. And Cam should have taken a dribble sidestep pass. Sorry. 
He could have, but it's a, it is more difficult to like I said that happens in a split second as far as him creating contact, dragging his man down, and the entry pass is typically easier from the wing. It, it um, is. It is. My only fear is is that because depending on who's at the top of the key, right? Mm -hmm. You make that extra pass. That's another. That's another beat that that DeAndre's in that lane for, um, and he's got great position. If you don't hit him within that first second or two, he's going to have to get out of the lane because then you're looking at the three-second call. He's going to have to get out of the lane to try and get back in an established position. By that time, that ball's moving somewhere else, right. um, so you miss out on an opportunity like that. So For sure. And it, it is something that they've had to grow, you know, as far as getting those entry passes in there because, um, you know, up until the last year or two, DeAndre wasn't always, you know, dragging that guy mm -hmm. as deep as he is now. Like, he has been really physical. We saw it last year. We've seen it especially to start this season. For sure. Um, but let's uh, let's pull up the second example with Landale now. Uh, in this play, Chris Paul's already coming off the screen from Landale in the high pick and roll uh, with, I think that's Moses Moody guarding him, and then Kevon Looney's sagging off. You've got Damian Lee in the corner, guarded by Ty Jerome. Cam Johnson is baseline, and he's starting to head towards the corner. His man is kind of lost in the paint there, providing help. And then in the other corner, you've got Landry Shamit. And his guy, I think that's Jordan Poole, stuck to him pretty quick. So Chris Paul comes off that screen. Landale immediately kind of takes charge in, in putting himself ahead of Moody as he's rolling to the basket. Chris Paul has engaged Looney so that he's switched on to him. In the corner there on the weak side, you can see Landale signaling to Cam run to the corner. And he's going to set that that screen uh, in case Chris Paul sees Cam Johnson in the corner. Jordan Poole's still stuck to Landry because he's in the strong side corner there. Um, at that point, Landale is already carving out space. He's got in front of the shorter guy that switched onto him. Cam Johnson's in the corner by now, and he's starting to lift up, which is going to engage that help side defender that would normally be in Landale's path if there's a pass. Um, at that point, Landale does exactly what D.A. did in the last clip. He drags his man down. He's fronting him. He's posting him up. Lee sets the screen on Ty Jerome. And so those two weak side defenders are now engaged. They can't help out. You see Chris Paul already starting to throw the pass. Landale catches it with great position like D.A. just right outside of the restricted area. Uh, and the other two defenders are nowhere near, near being able to help. And then just like D.A., he's already, as soon as he lands, he's already going into his hook shot or, you know, jump shot form there over the smaller guy. Um, and then that's an easy hook shot and two points for the finish there. So these are little things that happen very quickly, um, but it just speaks to the intelligence as far as the Suns realizing that if teams are going to switch against us, we're going to be able to punish them maybe more effectively the, than in years the past. The best part about that entire sequence uh, on both sides is that the Warriors didn't play egregious basketball. They didn't have a, a defensive meltdown somewhere. Mm -hmm. They were pretty solid in terms of where their positioning was supposed to be, their switches and everything like that. It's just better offense and better offensive execution. And you got players that know how to use their body, use the system um, and that's what I think is is phenomenal about that. So it's 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 reliable. You know, you're not you're not hoping that the other team is going to make a mistake because you're the one being the aggressor. You're the one that's dictating the flow of how these things go. That's why the Suns are so good and they're so elite at what they do. I'm going to put you guys on the spot a bit here, uh, but how different is this from the way they were using Javale last year from an X's and O's standpoint? 
It, it's a little different as far as JaVale, when you hit him, it was usually in the direct pick and roll and it was you were feeding him in stride to the basket because he's a guy that um, he moves pretty well for a guy his age and he can obviously get up and elevate over people. Jock, you saw them throw a couple of lobs to Jock on the roll good, yeah. that were uh, ambitious to say the least. And I think they're realizing like, we can force switches and then punish them from there, be maybe a little more methodical instead of, you know, hitting jock on the run like yeah, that. Makes sense. Debt in the chat asked us earlier on in the show, is jock better than JaVale? Uh, he's a better, he's, well, can I answer that? Yeah, yeah, go ahead. He's better in this system than JaVale is mm -hmm. uh, because he gives you more um, diversity uh, offensively. He gives you more options. He can shoot from the perimeter. And that's the other point that I would make about JaVale is that he was never a perimeter guy. He can't, he's not a real good, solid, you know, mid-range shooter. DA and Jock both are. Um, and DA and Jock have shown the propensity to be able to hit a three too. Um, so th that, that causes a little bit of hesitation on the defense's part. Um, so I would would say Jacques is definitely even in four games so far um, has proven to be a better asset for the Suns because of his versatility and what he could provide for this team. Um, again, just like here at PHNX, mm -hmm. we like people that are multiverse in many, many different things. And that's exactly <laughs> what Jacques is to the Suns. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. And, uh, and I think because he can pop, because he can roll and kind of seal the way that he has been, um, he, he's a better fit. I think JaVale was great for this team, mm -hmm. but I think come playoff time, what Jock brings to the table might be a little more usable. Might be playable. You can't yeah. play him off the court <laughs> as much, hopefully. Um, and it's funny because DA at practice today was joking, like we've been doing a lot of the same stuff that we're never going to get on the court together. And we've been talking about trying to get on the court together. So um, these guys are very aware that one comes in with the, with the one punch and the other guy comes in and does a lot of the same stuff and they just keep that continuity going emma can you put up the quote the the chat that somebody said i was spacing out i was not i was intently listening to to gerald break this down because i want to learn even more uh from the girth all right that's what i want gilbert in the chat also mentioned jock and da can play together against big lineups like the bucks mm -hmm. what do you anticipate if we got to see that happen this season what do you anticipate that would look like I, I think it would be against supersized lineups like the Bucks, maybe even like the Pelicans tomorrow because they do like to play bigger, longer guys. Minnesota. Yeah. So it, it's definitely something that they can use. I don't know how well it'll work. Um, you know, DA would probably have to take on the more agile players on the court um, as far as the four spot is concerned. But with DA shooting, being more confident in shooting threes, with Jock being a pick and pop big, I, I think it can work offensively at least. They're interchangeable mm -hmm. uh, in this offensive set. They're interchangeable. Um, I would say that Jock's probably. I mean, I, I I don't I don't know the stats on this, but from the optics, I know Jock hasn't really shot at a high clip from the perimeter. But mm -hmm. I would say that um, he is he is a more reliable three point shooter. He just seems like that. His form is there. Um, so I, I mean, again, besides that, I think they're both interchangeable. They both, they they both can present you problems uh, on down low and also in the mid range. And I think that's what you need if you're going to use them both. Because if they were both just, you know, one trick ponies where they were both just post players, you'd be in a world of trouble and you'd never do it. This this way, the way they're using them, uh, they can they could definitely do it together for sure. 
Right. And it's something that we'll see more and more, especially maybe in the playoffs against teams that go small, that like to switch. Because to this point, they played a lot of switch-heavy defenses. So that's where you need to be able to punish them with DA, with Jock. When you play defenses that don't switch as much, it'll be harder to do this type of thing. Um, but they can beat you in other ways. So it's good to know that they have this in their back pocket already when you play maybe a Clippers or a team like that that likes to switch a lot. Yeah, at some point, Jock's going to start hitting threes. Yes. Well, he did mention <laughs> that at practice today, too, just the limited number of threes that he's taken so far mm-hmm. this season. Obviously, small sample size, yes, but he said it's not something that they really need of him right now within the systems they're running, so he's not going to force it. But yeah. when they call on him for something like that, he has confidence to be able to do that. But right now, he's not trying to force anything for the most part. For sure. And and he's mentioned in practice, like, I've never had this many open threes. I think once we see defenses that aren't switching as much, we'll see him pick and pop a little bit more and use that to his advantage. Well, uh, we've got another game tomorrow. It's going to be a fun one, Suns and Pelicans. And if you guys want to get in on the action with the DraftKings Sportsbook app, it's going to be a heck of a lot more fun for you. And right now, new customers can make any $5 NBA Moneyline bet and get $200 in free bets if your team wins. You can also boost your winnings up to 100% with DraftKings stepped-up same-game parlays. It's super simple. Just download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use promo code PHNX. That's promo code PHNX on the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. I loved that in the last game we got some bets for Jock Landale because in the first couple games we hadn't seen it yet, which makes sense. Vegas has to figure out who these guys are within the teams that they're on now and kind of create a game plan for how to not lose all (laughs) of their pennies. Um, But I'm hoping we'll see a few more for some of the guys in the second unit, because I feel like that's going to be a fun, a fun little gamble to play with this season. I don't know. I don't Mm -hmm. know why, but I just think that that one's going to make it a little more exciting almost. I'm taking jock on the lower, whatever it is tomorrow. On the lower? I just, Going against the Pelicans, a, a more physical team, I, I'm not. I'm going to go lower tomorrow. My, I mean, I could see that for yeah. sure. I mean, mm-hmm. it's going to be a physical game for sure. I don't know, but I think it'll be fun uh, to see. I'm I'm just waiting for Landry Shamit to get on there because I'm going to bet the over on Landry Shamit's <laughs> points all the time, simply to try and will him to 35 points. Just one time. To <laughs> you see realize him. it's 35 points in a game, not the season, right? Yes, I'm aware. He might not even get to 35 in the season. So. <laughs> Shush. Oh, so he will. <laughs> He hey, will. <laughs> God, he's back. <laughs> um, also, also wanna... I'm going to need to see those receipts if you're really going to put bets on them. Don't talk about it, Lindsay. Be about it. You you place a bet every single game. I do. Every 82 games every plus do, every, every time single time one. You want to see my receipts? Yes, I do. Let's go. <laughs> Everybody's freaking out that I said under you know, lower on Jock Landell as if I have not been the cheerleader pounding the Jock Landell <laughs> table this entire time. I believe in Jock. I'm just saying the matchup makes me think, eh, maybe it'll be a little lower. I'm going to have to look at the dates. I don't uh, believe you. Take that, Lindsay. You know what? Uh. So Brian in the chat said, call 1-800-HELP. It's 1-800-NEXT-STEP, okay? Well, there you go. You got a gambling problem? Do, do we need to have a sit down with you? No. Holding on to your shekels? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> don't I lose them all? <laughs> By the way, we found out thanks to one of our loyal listeners on Twitter, shekels is actually a currency in Israel right now. It's yeah. still being used. Yes, it's still, and it. I believe it's uh, 
two nine uh, to, to $1 is the, is the exchange rate as, a, as of this morning. Okay. All right. Uh, speaking of yesterday, we were hanging out at Four Peaks, and that place is a heck of a lot of fun. And if you guys have not already made plans for tomorrow evening, you should absolutely do this thing that I'm about to tell you about. So the Coyotes play their inaugural home game at Mola Arena tomorrow, which is Friday. You can join the PHNX Coyotes crew at Four Peaks for our tailgate slash watch party. It's free to enter, and you can also get $3 beer specials Ooh. and watch the game on a 20-foot jumbo screen. It's going to uh, be a lot of fun. You guys should come foot. hang out. Oh, 22. Yeah. yeah. Don't they added two extra two feet. feet on it. <laughs> well, since that was written, impressive. Okay. By the way, did I miss my cue to do you this? You sure ad? did. You All sure right. did. <laughs> yeah. You can register through the link. I was worried. I was like, wait, I thought, we for I thought I had, no. My ad was after OGs. I was like, wait, did I trip? Was it after this? And I sat here I and I was like, and then up. I was waiting for Lindsay to give me a cue, and she never did. So I was like, no, I'm pretty sure I'm right. That's why I kept trying to set you up for the other end. Oops. Oops. Four uh, Peaks, Double Pumpkin Porter, good stuff. It there is. We go. And right now, you can hook yourself up with some discounted beer from Four Peaks. They got $15 for a 24-pack of the Fall Variety uh, this Saturday only at Four Peaks Wilson Tasting Room on Wilson Street in Tempe from 9 a.m. to 1 p.m. The first 50 people out there will also get a free October Make shirt. sure you Google that. Because it is not at the brewery. Yeah. It's, you need to go somewhere else. It's more like. It's the Wilson Tasting Room. So if you yeah. put in Four Peaks Wilson Tasting Room on like Apple Maps or whatever, it's, it's, it'll pop it's up. It's way you. closer to the 60. Yeah. Uh, uh, roasty, robust, and haunted is the way that describe the double Ooh. pumpkin porter, which is in that pack. It's perfect for spooky season. I, And I agree. And by the way, to those that are saying I'm uh, spaced out, <laughs> I am on uh, hour, one hour, 22 minutes straight of talking on these mics. So it's, uh, I did fantasy tired. football before. Also, this. can we talk about the fact that yes. pumpkin pie is the worst fucking pie But real quick before ever. we do that, I also have to tell you guys that you have to be 21 years or older to <laughs> enjoy Four Peaks beer, and we ask that you enjoy responsibly. You think pumpkin pie? Pumpkin pie is the worst pie. Pumpkin pie is the worst pie ever. Sean came charging out. Are you kidding? I'm about to prove it right now. I'm about to prove it right now. How many times during the year, besides fucking October or Thanksgiving, do you ever eat pumpkin pie? That's not. That's not relevant. It's not relevant at all. It's still relevant. If it's so goddamn good, why wouldn't you eat it all year round? When do you eat pie outside of holidays and sentence? Exactly. Cherry apple all the time. Why? When was the last? Why are you just rolling up going, give me a pie? If I'm at a restaurant, they usually have that as an option. They don't have pumpkin pie as an option all the time. Because it's a seasonal thing. Okay, this is a trash. No, it's not. No, pumpkin spice lattes are the most popular lattes out there. And they're the same thing. Even they if, only offer a part of the Even time. if they were trash, the reasons mid. you're giving for them being trash are It not tastes like valid. dog shit is well, what the reason is. that's a little excessive. That's egregious. It I is, will it say is, it is a this is worse than this It is a, yes. <laughs> Everyone agrees. Everyone agrees. I told you it was it, on my side. Top, and three, top three pies in this order. Sweet potato, pumpkin, banana cream. Yes. Oh, man. Oh, my God. Yes. The corn pie has got to be in there somewhere. Banana pie and sweet potato are sure. so close together. But do you like sweet potato pie? No, do you like sweet potato pie? Amazing. Pumpkin pie is trash. Oh, come on. What? Oh, they're, they're basically the same thing, but one of them sucks and the other one's really good. <laughs> Yeah, you, I love you and I are basically the same thing, except one of them's better and the other one's not. Oh, man. Hashtag Team Lightskin. Yeah. I mean, hashtag Team Lightskin. Is this, is this, are, the wrong we, direction. are we having a recreation of Book and Clay right now? Is that what's happening? Is this the PHNX version of Book vs. Clay? 
mean, this is the most important beef between light skin sisters. <laughs> the P and PH and X stands for pie, all right? The passion and the energy when we're talking about basketball versus fucking pie. <laughs> night and day. Because... We're supposed to yell about your breakdown? No. Gerald, how dare you say he We yell off. about basketball. No, but the, room, the room came alive no as soon as the pumpkin pie take started flying. Um, I... Pumpkin pie is just, it's just such a goaded pie. And it's it genuinely not. just it really feels not. so at home. Really I like not. pumpkin pie, but I will say there is something to the fact that I will only eat it if there's whipped cream. Like, I if agree. there's not yeah. whipped cream, only ha- I'm not. It has to have whipped yeah, cream on it. Yeah, but it's the same thing if you say, like, cherry pie. I don't like cherry pie. I don't like cherry pie either. I don't like, like fruit, fruit pies. pies. Yeah. Really? Fruit I just think hot fruit sweet. is weird. Like, yeah. I don't like cherry pie. Oh. Apple pie, it has to have ice cream on it. Yeah. The only peach pie cobbler? that I mess with what? is blueberry pie, but it has to be cool. You, you don't like peach cobbler? Not really. Oh, I don't like man. hot fruit. I think it's weird. Oh, my God. I kind of, uh, I see your point there, but I do like, mm. I don't, I mean, pecan pie is my favorite pie. Okay, pecan listen. Pie is my favorite have you ever pie? had a pumpkin pie with a pecan crust? No, that sounds oh, it delightful. Is next level. That sounds delightful. Okay, our chat, our chats get it, right? So mm-hmm. we have Brian that says cake over pie, 100% well, agree. No. Then Jay says tres leches over any pie, 1000% agree. Mm-hmm. And then Gilbert brings up flan and flan is bomb as well. Flan? Like I just think there's no, like you... pie as a whole is a bottom level dessert. There no. are so many other desserts that are way better than pie of any kind. Flan is one of those things that if it's if it's done right, it's really good. And if it is done bad, it is like eating snot. Well, you gotta who what you're just gonna (laughs) buy flan from any random place? What? Like go you you have you not been to a restaurant order something and it's not good? It's not like I'm going to the corner going, hey man, you got any of that flan? Whoa, like, what? <laughs> it doesn't have to be like that, Esmo. Jesus, you could have bought it at the grocery store for crying out loud. You didn't have to go to the crackhead on the corner. <laughs> Jesus. You got, you got any flan? Okay, hey, man. so since you don't like pumpkin pie, mm-hmm. top five pies, go. Oh, I'm not doing five. Come okay, on, man. I'm not trying to That might need to be our next draft is yeah. pies. Maybe we can get, yeah, we'll just save yeah. that for Why don't we yeah. do a fall but it's, draft it's peach next first. Friday? A fall Something draft. that has to do with fall. I like fall. that. Good. I fall like draft. this idea. Yeah. yeah. Okay. okay. All fall related things. Sweet. Okay. Perfect. Okay. Right, Lindsay, take my job. Let's talk a little bit more <laughs> um, about the Phoenix Suns. not awake early to do that. <laughs> <laughs> so the Athletic put out an article sharing a bit more insight around the sale of the Suns and Mercury and kind of how it can all play out. And I know we talked about this a little bit yesterday, but I just thought this was kind of interesting. Uh, Espo, you want to kind of break it down for us? Yeah, there was a bit of a clarification here, and I reached out to uh, some people I know in the know as Who? well. I'm not naming names. You can't name your like, for this. You can't. You can't ask no, about not business names. information for insight. Well, well, we don't know what he's going to say. Oh, so, okay, yes. <laughs> so uh, the Athletic put out a report that Robert Sarver. Uh, the owners don't have the, the secondary owners don't have the, uh, the right to buy in right into a sale. So Sarver, uh, can sell his 35% and then there's 5%, uh, that is owned by a, an investment, investment capital group that will be sold with it because they have the right to be in any sale that Sarver makes. And the whole point of the article was, that somebody might get in and 
and the valuation of the Suns might be even higher because you're only having to buy the 35%. Mm-hmm. So if you buy that 35% at $2 billion, that means the valuation of the team is is significantly higher than anybody thought. Okay. But the clarification from, from yesterday, and this is where I, I reached out to some sources to, to make sure this was correct, is Robert Sarver holds all the cards. The, mm-hmm. the future, the disgraced future former owner can decide if he wants to sell the entire thing or only sell his portion. He makes the call. Okay. So this isn't this isn't the the minority owners have no say in this. The the NBA doesn't have a say in that part of it. Uh, they'll have a say in whether they'll approve the owner that he chooses to sell to, but they don't have a say in in. how much percentage he sells. So this is an interesting part of this entire thing because Robert Sarver is going to look to make the most money for himself. Right. Mm -hmm. And that may come from only selling his, that 40% share because he may be able to inflate that value for just his part. This person gets in without having to pay buy the whole thing, but still be the controlling uh, managing partner in this. So this is a whole nother (sighs) piece of this that's going to make uh this entire sale very interesting and could be very petty because think about it he could say screw you i'm going to take my large cut here and you're all going to be still sitting here owning your percentage and now you got to decide are you going to try to find somebody to buy that percentage of the team it's it's very interesting our resident legal expert in the chat so says jay um had a comment just a, a second ago it says that type of provision is very common in LLC operating agreements. And then again says, as do three-fourths of the other NBA governors. Um, so, you know, like it's, it's, it's common practice. I actually, after thinking about this, it makes the most sense that he would only sell his portion of it because he could probably squeeze that for more money than the overall sale, which, you know, because, listen, the Suns have been rumored to go for four. 4.5, whatever. If it, let's just say it was four, right? 60% of that four goes to the other 60% of the owners. The, the, then he gets to keep 35 to 40%. Well, that's less than $2 million. If he could just two, sell his portion, billion. he can get it for two, yeah. two and a half. I yeah. can do math. But I it's interesting <laughs> because how does that change the people that want in, right? If I'm somebody that's looking to buy this and, and I have deep pockets like a Jeff Bezos, I don't want to have to take this, these other people that own 60% and deal with all these people I've never met and have to try to fix that mess. Some of which, you know, were aware of what was going on and and didn't do any of the fix. The other portion of this too is if he only sells his portion, can he sell his portion to another group or does it need to be a single person? Because a lot of what we're hearing are groups of people it who could, are coming together be, to buy this It could be either or, I think. I don't know, I don't because, because now because, you split up the yeah, shares, and now have you don't have a, man, a majority owner anymore. Yeah. So if he only sells his 35% plus that 5% that's kind of in that holding area, does it have to be sold to one singular person who's got that kind of money? Because that then lowers the pool of people who could potentially get in on this sale. Mm-hmm. Or does it? Is it worth... Is it better? Does it open the door for more bidders? I guess you could say if you sell the whole team because now they can come in with 
a group of 10 to 15 people who are all contributing dollars. Uh, Jay in the, in the chat says, I'm hard pressed to see someone wanting to buy only part of the team. I would bet a mortgage payment on it being the entire team. And that's yeah. my thought. And like, that's what I've heard. Yeah. I've heard that Robert intends to sell the entire team. Mm. Yeah. I mean, look, you can get really petty and go, yeah, I'm going to try to squeeze a little extra money out of this. Or you can go, let's sell the team for a record price, the full thing. I'll take my cut. And because it's not as if all those other owners were against him. Mm -hmm. It it sounded like only one of the minority yeah. owners in, in Najafi were really fighting him in any way. So I'm not sure he wants to screw these other business partners because if he wants to go out and do anything else, those are some of probably the deep pockets he's going to reach back into. Yeah. To, to do something else in business. So my guess is in the long run, the whole thing gets sold. Uh, but it, it it's another layer of complication, which makes me believe, you know, originally we thought, oh, maybe this could be a quick sale. Maybe somebody just comes in and money whips the whole thing and it, and it's done. But now I wonder, could this be more complicated? Could we look be looking at that six to nine months that was originally said oh, rather than something shorter? I, I think we're going to... I think we're into next off season. At this oh point. no, I have I have never ever ever for a single second thought that this was going to take anything less than nine months. Didn't There's they say no that way. initially? They though? said six to nine months. Yeah. That's typically what, how it goes. And yeah, I mean, if anybody thought that they were going to sell it. In a month or two or three, they're high and out of their mind because there's just too many too many legal things to have to go through to really vet. Plus, right now they're sourcing interest, you know, and that's going to take a little bit of time because oh. you need to, a lot of people. Like for instance, some of the rumored ones with Barack in, in, involved and stuff, they have to corral a group of people that can that can have that kind of money to buy this franchise or at least find a single investor that has the most capital and, and then join that group. And and you just right now that I think the rumor is like something like 19 or 20 different groups are formulating yeah. to try and purchase the sun. So you got to vet all those guys out. You got to figure out who's the real deal, who has the capital, who has the resources. And that's going to take some time. Yeah. And let, I mean, Brian in the chat, who seems to want to argue with me on all this, all these <laughs> points about this was like, it was always six to nine months. I get that that was the stated, but if Jeff Bezos really wanted this team, he could come in and bid so high that the other 19, you know, 18, 19 groups aren't in in on it. Like there's there's always a possibility that it goes shorter than that. But now with these complications, I don't see it. Well, um, <laughs> we'll figure this out one day. I do well. have I do have a question about the changing hands of ownership. But before we get into that, we have mentioned Barack Obama um, mm. as he was rumored to be maybe involved in one of these groups, putting together some money to potentially buy the Suns and Mercury. And Gerald, you were actually at practice today and Monty had mentioned sort of if that were to come to fruition, sort of how it would feel for him. Right. Is that yeah. fair to say? Yeah. So he... He's not going to talk on these type right. of things like definitively or anything. It's more just like... If something like that were to happen, right? He was he was asked a question about the Obama rumor directly, so we'll we'll just play what he had to say. For me, I, I don't tend to make comments about speculation, um, but I think anybody would value um, a partnership with someone like that. Um, for me, as a as an African American. Um, 
even though you may have differences of opinions on certain views politically, whatever that looks like, someone who's been through those kinds of experiences from a leadership standpoint, I, I could, I would love to just, you know, pick his brain and just sit and listen, you know, for hours about life and decisions and things like that. So I, I've, I've heard that also, um, but it's hard to speculate on that because yeah. I'm so locked in on the season. But when I did, I did see that on Hoopsite. That's my social media platform, in case you didn't know. <laughs> Hashtag, I don't have any other. Um, when I saw that, I thought, like, that's pretty cool. I think it speaks to what the guys have built here, our players, to have people, you know, wanting to get involved with purchasing. Is Monty paid by Hoopside? <laughs> Does he have like an NIL He's deal like a with secret Hoopside? investor in well, tell you what. He brought it up so many times. I'll tell yes. you what, we, we need to change that narrative. Uh, yeah. you, you got the you got hoops knowledge right in front of you asking you questions, Monty, no, every he, single day. You know what we gotta do? We gotta start he slipping was pointing things to Gerald into when he said that just right? I mean, I think that low key when he started off might be his way of letting us know that he sees our tweets because if uh, for the Suns people, like our tweets do sh sometimes show up on Hoops Hype. So maybe he was saying, like, careful what you're tweeting out there. I took it the other Watching. way. He's saying, I don't read you fools. I just go to Hoops Hype. Right? Yeah, pretty much. I go for the synopsis on Hoops Hype. That's it. Um, but yeah, no, I, I think I love when he always starts with, like, I don't really like to speculate about that type of thing and then, then goes, goes on to, yeah. to answer the question and, and, and give a really thoughtful answer because, you know, regardless of politics, a guy in that leadership role would be really cool to have as an owner. And it would be especially be somebody like Monty who loves to pick people's brains mm -hmm. about leadership and just kind of all of that type of stuff. I'm sure he would be like a kid in a candy store yeah, asking questions and trying to find nuggets of information that he can implement into his own life and job. Yeah, once you've had the nuclear codes deciding on a a uh, trade deadline trade, ain't that <laughs> ain't that pressure packed, I'd imagine, you know. Yeah. That situation room at at the 5G center probably isn't anything like the situation at the room at the White House, I can't imagine. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so my question about this whole ownership thing, um once there is a new owner or ownership group in place do you think that we will be it'll be easier to make amends with former sons who don't mess with us anymore oh yeah a million percent yeah, you, you know how quick you can fix two of those relationships with amari and right, Mary. Ring of honor. put them in the ring of honor that first year you're an owner and all of a sudden they go oh okay now they respect us okay yeah. but my next question is is there any concern in your mind that now that we've got players on our team who are franchise players, one in particular, who started under a particular ownership, if the ownership changes, are we going to potentially see a same type of situation later on in the down the line? I'm what do you mean, about what do you mean the same type of situation? So when Robert took over the team, <laughs> a lot of former players felt like they were pushed to the side. Okay. They weren't um, respected or involved or anything. And that created a relationship break between mm -hmm. former athletes that this city loves to death and the actual franchise, which is why half of them don't show up to 90s night. Half of them don't show up to big events, right? And it was all because of an ownership change. Granted, different yeah. it's personalities of each owner, but 
would is there a potential that an ownership group coming in could cause friction with a guy I, like Bo? I mean, that's that's so hard to to really anticipate because you don't know. First of all, you have no idea what the ownership group is going to be all about. You don't know how many people are going to be involved in said ownership group um, and who's going to be the primary one in charge. More importantly, you know, mm-hmm. listen, we've heard we've heard bad things about Jeff Bezos. We've heard. I don't know if I've ever really heard anything great about Jeff Bezos outside of the fact that he's rich and he runs Amazon. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it, it, you just never know how this is all going to unfold. But what I will say is, is I think Booker is definitely uh, the type of player and the type of person, honestly, that doesn't really give a shit what your background is as long as you treat him fairly. Um, and and he, he he's just all about his business. Right. And you can't you can't deny the product on the court. You can't deny his influence in the community. Um, whether, you know, he gets along with the owner or not. But let's also say this. Robert Sarver is a very unique individual in terms of the way he comes across and and his own view on how he should have run the franchise at the very beginning, like injecting himself into the locker room, injecting himself into all these other things that really became a toxic environment. Hopefully, hopefully the next owner will not be like that. And I'm, I am certain of this. I'm certain that the uh, the NBA owner or uh, the NBA will take a hard look at who this person will be who's coming in to take ownership um, and make sure that they vet him properly to, or her properly to make sure that they are not a toxic individual because they don't want to repeat the the chaos that has happened the last 20 years. The The main reason that we saw that rift was because Robert Sarver, the disgraced, just he did not like... <laughs> I have to add it in. I can't say his name without the the qualifier. Uh, he didn't like the fact that Jerry Colangelo was so beloved in this town, mm-hmm. and that once the or the uh, the Joe uh, Johnson uh, thing went down and people started calling him cheap, he didn't like the fact that that the city had turned on him, and it was always Jerry wouldn't have done this. So he turned his back on purpose. To the past of this franchise because he didn't like the guy that owned the team uh, and the way he was exalted exalted by the fan base. So, in I don't see that happening at all with this. I think this is actually the polar opposite of it because fans have disliked, uh, you know, the future former owner so much that. Now any owner that comes in is going to be beloved. They're going to embrace what made this this team great. And as the unknown said in the chat, it's not that the players dislike the Valley. They dislike the owner. So they're mm-hmm. going to come back because you always hear those people say Suns fans are the best. I love Suns fans, but, right, I think this brings every uh, all the eras of Suns basketball together in, in a way we haven't seen in a very long time. And just to be clear, I'm not saying that I man, I would wager to guess that nobody, no billionaire out there is going to bid on this team and have a squeaky clean background. No. I mm. especially not in business. But you can you can be perceived and uh and in your dealings with people. I'm talking about the people aspect of this. Um and and maybe that's a, a far cry from where um, you know, Sarver was. That's all I'm saying. Like, listen, like it, Business is business. We all know that it could be really awful out there. Um, but, you know, as long as this individual didn't create, uh, you know, an environment of hostility, sexual harassment and racism, then I think we're on the right road. 
Right. And I, I think from like Booker and the players' perspectives, like a lot of these guys, their contracts are already signed. So like they're they're fine on that front as far as not being alienated by a new owner coming in. And I think with Booker, like he's he's already gonna be getting his money as long as the owner the new owner is not an outright dick to him, which you wouldn't be because if you're investing billions of dollars into this franchise, you yeah. are paying for Devin Booker to be your guy. You are paying for the culture that Monty and James Jones have established. Like you know, if Jeff Bezos comes in and buys the team, like you're gonna see Devin Booker in season two of Lord of the Rings. Like it's just gonna fucking happen. Yeah. Like well, uh, these are things. We know that's not uh, happening. All right, that was all happen. talked about. It's gonna we happen. won't see Gerald for it's like a happen. week if that happens. It's gonna I'll be God. on the set. We locked reporting. in his bedroom watching that freaking oh show. I'll be on the set is. reporting. <laughs> I know, but now Devin Booker's in it. Oh, guys, it's like God. eight episodes. We're gonna get like a Borgate breakdown on now. Devin Booker moves like this in this scene, and it means this. We can. We can dream, but um, God, your dreams are weird. I don't know. It's just it's just a little <laughs> bit of a not necessarily like a concern, just something I was thinking about that because on on one side, it could be really great for former sons to be back and involved with the organization more because mm-hmm. like you guys said, they don't hate the fans. They don't hate the Valley, but they don't mess with the organization. <laughs> and the organization is usually that center point that brings us all together. Right. But let's make this clear. The very first thing. Well. The very second thing after <laughs> cleaning house in some of the mm-hmm. uh, the upper areas of, of the franchise, bring back the actual Ring of Honor. Mm-hmm. If if your Ring of Honor switches over to an ad for a casino or something, it's not a Ring of Honor. It's an ad display. Give me the physical Ring of Honor back. Show the 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 pride in the, your past and have a physical Ring of Honor. I hate. That it's this stupid digital ribbon that looks like shit. I didn't and know we were going to get it, down here let's today. Let's bring back newspapers. <laughs> no. Let's make them a thing again. Okay. When, uh, can I get a tube on my TV? <laughs> I need a knob. I need a physical knob that I can touch and feel and change oh the channel on. Bookman, <laughs> if you went to the Basketball Hall of Fame and every two minutes the plaques for the players switched over to an ad for like icy hot or something it would you feel like they disrespected the game they are disrespecting the game by having their place uh, switch over Brian, with ads right in the chat bring back polio careful son people are that working shit is on actually that. coming back people are working on that don't you worry oh my God. uh espo just for right now I'm just taking OGs, chill out. I'm drinking my double pumpkin quarter, popping OGs. You you just need you need the night off. You've mm-hmm. talked a lot today. You've put in a lot a lot of hard work. This is your oh, uh, this is your time to sit back and just chill for five minutes. <laughs> Everyone in the chat was asking if you had yeah. an OGs before the show started. I did not. I did not. Like no, it, it peaked good. at the start of the show, and now yeah. you're just chilling. No, I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> If you guys haven't checked out OGs yet, I highly recommend you do. They have some really great products, and one of them is their brand new Sleep Edition gummy, and these things are great. They're two-to-one THC CBN ratio gummy, and CBN is the compound that helps specifically with falling and staying asleep, and it's in their new Aquaberry flavor, which is mighty delicious. So you can check them out online at OGsBrands.com. You can find them on Instagram at OGsBrands, and of course, you can find their products at your local dispensary. 
but you must be 21 years or older to purchase. You can pop in an OG's before you go to a Suns game. And if you want to go to a Suns game anytime soon, like tomorrow, you can find tickets for as cheap as $38 through the Game Time app. How much? Uh, $38. Wow. And, uh, <laughs> and on top of that, if you are a procrastinator, it's even better because ticket prices usually drop. Um, and tomorrow, I would assume the same thing is going to happen. Uh, the Game Time app, the leak is in our show notes. Click on that link. Give us the credit to buy tickets, please. That'd be great. Mm -hmm. Helps us out. And go to the game. And tickets are as low as $13 for Tuesday night's game against the Tim Timberwolves. Really? So it's it's a phenomenal app. Also, when you're looking at the app, a little, little pro tip, uh, sometimes you click on the, the price and it tells you like it's $20 and then you go to the taxes and fees and it's a little bit higher. You can actually click a button on the app that says all-in pricing so you know exactly what you're going to be oh, checking out nice. with. All at the same time. It's fantastic. I went to the Cardinals game, like I mentioned before, uh, last week, sat at the 50-yard line, 20 rows up for $140. Bucks. Um, and if you know the, the face value of those tickets are like well over three, $400. So mm -hmm. um, fantastic app. I use it all the time. I've used it at least four or five times in the last couple months. You should too. You can use it for sporting events and concerts and things like that as well. So yep. it's one of those things that just, you know, save the link that we put in the chat or that's in the description of this show and just check on it. Whenever you get an itch to go see something fun. Yeah, pro tip. It doesn't work unless you use the link on in our... Uh, yeah, you got to use the link. You got to use the link <laughs> that we gave you That's the only way. the only way. We got a super chat from Andrew. Andrew said, is Booker favorite to win NBA MVP? No. Not even close. Would you no. say it was a plus, plus 4,000? 4, yeah, I think he was like 14th or 15th yeah. on DraftKings odds right now, and that was after... The first four games, so which might be a very good bet if you are looking projecting forward because he's been phenomenal to start the season. Yeah, so. that's not a bad futures bet to put a few mm -mm. coins that, down on. That was uh, our DraftKings. Also, week you should put a lot of coin on my Arizona guy Ben uh, Benner Benedict Mathurin uh, to win Rookie of the Year. It's going to be between him and and, and uh, Paulo Benchero. I, I just know it. Mm -hmm. We have a game. For you guys, mm -hmm. it's going to be fun. Can I address one of Jay's comments? Uh, he said course. it was their fault because they said I was zoning out and now I'm locked in. Mm -hmm. You're damn right it's your <laughs> fault, chat. <laughs> Girthlings did this. You brought it upon yourself. <laughs> Emma, and, what you got for And us? Jay, next Friday you can get tickets to the game. We're doing a a, a, a whole event Take we'll over. talk about later. Mm -hmm. All right, are we ready for the game now? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so pretty much what we're going to be doing is I went around the entire office and I asked everyone what their previous jobs were. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm going to tell you what they did. And you we got to guess who it is. Ooh. Okay, so you asked everybody at PHNX what their previous jobs were, and you're going to put up the job, type, like the, the job, and I, we have to guess who had the job? I'm going to say. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Sorry, say I had two minutes. You're fine. Okay. You're Perfect. Say oh, we have two minutes? All right. Okay, cool. Okay. First one, food and beverage intern. Food and food beverage intern. Oh, Brock. Nope. Toe tree. Nope. Michaela Perkins. No, not nope. Michaela. You guys can keep guessing. I'm going to say, I'm gonna say, no, I'm going to say Cheerston. Nope. Shane. Nope. David. Okay. All right. Uh -huh. Who is it? Emma. No. We Hold can't, on. Get, we can't guess on. everybody in the company. Steve <laughs> Peters. Oh, wow. Steve Peters. Okay. Oh, wow. 1665. Okay. Man. Okay, so moving forward. Back when you had a ring of honor. Moving forward, you each get three guesses. Okay. How okay. about like. Good idea. Two. How about we. Yeah, like two. Two. I think two. Yeah, two. <laughs> two guesses. We'll be here until five. <laughs> two, that's eight people. That's a third of the company. I think we should be able to get it. All right. We won't. Uh, Jimmy John's sandwich maker. Oh, that's Toe Tree. 
No. Yeah. I'm His little go. hands can move the little oh, lettuce. God. Oh, God. Pause. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm going to say uh, Shane. I, I was going to say Shane. I'll say Sean. I'm going to say Emma. Uh -uh. Damn. Okay, we got one more round? Yep. Uh, I'm gonna say Totri because I hate his small little hands. You didn't you I, just say Totri the I first know, time? But I'm trying to bury Anthony <laughs> Totri oh my for God. trying to bury me last week. Fuck oh, that guy. Oh man. Uh, I, I'm gonna go with Jay. He says Johnny Venerable. Ooh, oh. Johnny's good. Johnny didn't even respond to my message, so. Derek? Mm -mm. Oh, Derek's a good one. Craig Morgan. Nope. It was Cheerston. Damn oh, it. Wow. We just suck gets... at this game. Yep. All right. Uh, this one was a chocolatier at a chocolate factory. Oh, my God. Michaela. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. I was going to say wow. that made the most sense. <laughs> it does. Wow. Damn. Finally, was that, was that, was that, was that would describe themselves as a chocolatier? Nobody. Nobody. I feel like Michaela's the only Rocky one that fits that so factory. perfectly. Yeah. Yep. I sold Nope. It's a chocolatier. Thank you very much. <laughs> All right. Uh, this person restocked beer at grocery stores. Mm. Restocked beer at grocery stores. Well, mm. oh, bro, it's not tow tree because he can't reach that high. So. Oh my god! <laughs> I'm gonna say Craig Morgan. Uh -uh. Not Bo. Nope. Okay, Gerald, who you got? Uh, Johnny. No, Johnny didn't Johnny respond to my responded. messages. Oh, that's right. Um, so just for that, Johnny. Sean. No. Leah. No, I was nope. gonna say Sean. I don't know who. who? I'm gonna go Shane. 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 Why did you didn't let me got pick it. one? I looked at you and you didn't say one. shit. Man. Oh, they get 30 <laughs> seconds to think, but I get one? You've All right, next one. Wow. Next one. Demonstrating dairy free yogurt at grocery stores. <laughs> Kirsten. <laughs> I wish it was Demonstrating. Or demoing, sorry, I can't remember. Demoing. Well, that's the same thing. Yeah. Same oh, who the? Uh, no, it's not Leah. I'd like to imagine Saul doing that. No, I know it's Craig. not him. It's got to be Craig. <laughs> I hate to keep saying Sean, but it, that sounds like a way that he would describe it. Was it Sean? No. Damn it. Emma, was this you? Bo? No, it wasn't me and it wasn't Bo. <laughs> right. Bo didn't respond to my message either. Oh, mm. uh, Bo and Johnny. It was not me. The Cardinal show yeah. is terrible. Facts. Oh, it is uh, Max. Oh, yeah, that's Chad oh, that said it was me. Right? <laughs> now, do you really think I'm giving free like... food to anybody? No. Oh man. This one was a Native American poetry and jewelry salesman. <laughs> what? Well, salesman, so we know it's a it's a guy. Okay. Yeah. Um, Shane. It's it. Yeah. it no, Craig. Sean. Craig. Damn. Gerald, who's your guess? It was definitely me. You're not supposed oh, to I say know. it. Oh, I didn't Dumbass. put together the New Mexico. Oh. Damn it, Saul. That was like okay. a no-brainer. Oh, guys, if I read yeah. yours, you guys then say it. Answers. Yeah, if you, re if you read yours, then you got to guess somebody else. I mean, I let everybody guess first, yeah, so. Guess. It's true, you did. Uh, <laughs> this person restocked clothes at Old Navy. Sean. Nope. Lindsay. Nope. Mm. Ooh. Gerald. No. <laughs> Toe tree. Lindsay. Nope. I already said, said, oh, said Lindsay. Oh, uh, Leah. Mm -hmm. Oh, Leah. Oh, nice. yeah. There you go. Who's the other L? All right. This one was a TSA security guard. Wow. wow. TSA Sean. security guard. Sean. No, but that would be a TSA electric. security guard? <laughs> Jacob? 
No, they can't. No, it can't be Jacob. Oh, could you imagine uh, how far he'd have to bend down to frisk somebody? Like? Edie? <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, oh, Craig. I don't know. They're too old to be. T TSA came about. They, but back in, uh, back in the day. Wait, how old? TSA came about in the early 2000s. Yeah. So they could they're that. like 50. They were there. Were, Craig was in his uh, Craig was in his journalism career by then. Maybe it was a second. Are you guys job. Are you guys done guessing? Yeah. Saul Bookman. Oh, oh man. Oh, when that were you a sense. TSA security? Like I feel like that doesn't surprise me. Nine, two thousand. Oh. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. Um, you didn't have to go through much training for that shit. Not at that <laughs> yeah. time. You didn't. Wow. My cousin was one of those two, and I'm well aware. Was yeah. it fun? <laughs> Uh, I only lasted a day. So no, oh, a day. <laughs> yeah, I was. I could. I was working three jobs at the same time. Oh, just, okay. And that was the graveyard shift. So mm. by the time I had to hit the bus to go back to the parking lot just to get to my car so I could go home, I was oh, like no. passed out. So, <laughs> yeah. How did Phoenix Suns twenty two guess mine already? Oh God! You guys can go read no, the clip. I didn't. No. Even... no. Oh no. Oh God. Oh no. I demonstrate for us. No. Oh, God. Anyway. oh my God! No. <laughs> Shut the stream uh, down yeah. now. Where's uh, HR? Okay. 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 Uh, this person uh, worked in room service, so he was going room to room for room service. He that, was going room to room. You gotta yeah. work on your not giving yeah. it away. Sean. 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 No, I appreciate Sean. the clues. Craig. Yeah. Craig Morgan. I got two right. All right, this person made milkshakes. Literally just texted me saying, I made milkshakes. <laughs> that is Jacob, because that is, the, that is the most Jacob thing ever. Jacob didn't even text me. Uh, mm, Jacob would have only made vanilla milkshakes. Toe <laughs> tree. Doesn't work. Toe tree? No. I made mm. milkshakes. Shane. <laughs> no. Dang. Leah. Uh, Max. No. Mm. Oh, no. This one was Shawnee Boy. Oh. Damn it. Oh. I thought somebody said Sean. No, no, I said Sean for every other one. I know. <laughs> every single one you did. <laughs> okay. How many more we got? How many more do you want? Two. Two more? Okay. Uh, this one was uh, worked in app development. App development? So, like, developed an app. Ooh. I want to Oh, that's say. Jacob. Jacob? No. Jacob didn't text me. Espo. Oh, was it you, say... Emma? It was me. Okay. Oh, man. Um, nice. this one, Coors Light Girl. Coors Light Girl. That was Cheerston. 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 Yeah, that was easy. <laughs> oh, wait. Okay. Sorry. I have one more. Uh, Disney Princess Party Entertainer. Leah. No. Michaela. No, no that's Lindsay. Aspo. No. I wish. <laughs> That'd be electric. I'd hire that's you any Cheerston? day. Cheerston again. Oh, man. <laughs> Could you imagine that? Could you imagine calling up Cheerston and being like, hey, yo. I need fucking. What bell. did Lindsay give you? Because she didn't even have one that you called out. Because I don't think. I did send it to you. I, you did. I yeah. sent you like forty, and I'm shocked. I responded. Yeah, you, you didn't do Espo or Lindsay. Yeah, I gave you like forty deep, and because if you guys read, first of all, if you guys read my Slack message, I said text me. Yeah. Not in our son's not in one. Not our son's one. Look at the son's one. You, you said more. send it to me, not here. Yeah, meaning text. Yeah, she said it in freaking all caps. Emma, text so me. Go in there and you can just read some of our. Okay, my, okay. My personal to you. There's, no, let's pass. There's some. No, I want to hear this. You're mine. I don't care. There's some embarrassing shit. Uh, chiropractic office assistant. That's Lindsay. Well, obviously, yeah, if it's not you, it's me. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> just. 
Just name them off. It doesn't matter. <laughs> oh, man. Hallmark card store? Dog, what? I did that for seven years. I feel like I knew that about you. I feel like you've said that a few times. I worked at Hallmark. Oh, man. Oh, my God. No wonder you're so emotional. Damn. Wow. I was going to say this. For any young man out there looking to find a way to meet young women, I got a lot of dates working at Hallmark because I met them in the store. Oh, there's so many levels to the questions that I have. Oh, now I'm just imagining like, I'm gonna head out. How are you? How are you? All right. Wait, 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 wait. wait. Because they're emotionally sensitive at the point when they're reading these cards. I wasn't going to the bereavement section. (laughs) Going, sorry, Sorry, Nana's gone. But would you like to go on a date (laughs) with me? I'll make you feel better about this. (laughs) Oh my god. Holy shit. Holy fuck. Okay. Ryan, Ryan hits the nail on the head with the comment. Tracy, come get your man. I wasn't even thinking about the fucking shit. I was just thinking, you know, sentimental cards because, you know, you, you, you find something for somebody uh-huh. you love and you went to, like, oh, death. You were just fucking, this is the worst. This is the weirdest this job the I worst, had on that list. This is the worst wedding crash ever right here. That is, uh-huh. That's not even the weirdest shit I had on my list. I worked at a farm in a 4G publication house. All right. Oh uh, oh, I worked at on a women's lifestyle show in their green room. <laughs> it was to pick up chicks. Again. I wor- it was. <laughs> that one didn't work as well. You know, there's a lot of attractive guys. Okay, and, okay, okay. And TV. <laughs> what about Lindsay? Oh so gosh. Lindsay, you got hired to be a plant waterer. It was dog. my first job I ever had. I watered plants. Oh, was that for God. your like grandmother yeah. or no what? like at a nursery i think i was like maybe 11 or 12 he paid mm. me like three dollars an hour and i literally would find snails and put them on the end of my hose and just go around for four hours watering plants at a nursery <laughs> it was the worst job at ever three dollars an hour it was so bad i was like why, <laughs> why did why did my parents let me have this summer job oh i begged them God. to let me have it but now looking back i'm like that's yeah. tough Jesus. um Lindsay also was a sonic drink maker uh, she was a nanny. I made the drinks okay. and the, we there's one that I'm there's all, one that I'm I not gonna. You guys didn't? I probably uh, shouldn't. I worked at I Baskin Robbins, that. so I don't want the chat to see that. That's that's our business. Um <laughs> Okay, wait. So chat, I have something for you. Uh oh. Okay. Chat time. So well, I think I know which one she didn't want to say for you. You know which one is most surprising? Mm. I, I was a nanny. That is very that's surprising. That's why you don't want kids. You've seen the worst of it. I mean, that is fair. I was a nanny for a little girl from like three months old until she was a little over one. And she was the sweetest little thing. Yeah. But yeah, surprisingly enough, I actually took care of a child. Wow. An almost basically newborn child for a living. And that killed your desire to have <laughs> That's why, and as Chris did. mentioned, it, she switched up to being a cover model yes. on books from the Reconstruction era. <laughs> what you, oh, yeah, that's right. Okay, so for Halloween... We are going to a haunted house, and Lindsay and Gerald are being a bunch of little babies about it, and they don't want to go. So I'm going to put a poll in the chat, and you guys are going to vote if they go. Why is it just Lindsay and Gerald? Espo and Saul are not going either. Yeah, they are. I can't bring a six-year-old to Fear Fall. Oh, my God, Espo. You're just going to be paying for the therapy later. (laughs) Brian said now she is a host nanny. Oh my this god! Well, <laughs> You've graduated what... to babysitting adults instead of children. <laughs> By the way, Brian, my apologies earlier claiming we were fighting. You made it very clear that we're not. So yeah. thank you for uh, bringing that up in the chat. There you go. 
Um, okay, so that polls up. So if you want to vote, feel free. Um, I can't promise I'll do exactly what you say. But while you vote, I do want to uh, go back to the comment from Jay that Espo you kind of alluded to. Jay asked if he was able to still buy tickets for next Friday oh, for yeah. our takeover at the Suns game. He's trying to get a group to go. Yes, you absolutely can. We are inching closer to being sold out, so I wouldn't wait too long. Mm -hmm. But you still can get tickets to our takeover this upcoming Friday, November the 4th, against the Portland Trail Blazers. Your ticket, which is $75, includes a ticket to the game, two free beers, a buffet, giveaways, and more. We're all going to be there hanging out. So plan to, to come join us we get will, your friends together we will be all be there drinking and eating with you and going to the game with you uh gerald will make a cameo appearance as well because he does have to work the game but he will <laughs> he will show up and we'll it'll be wave fun. to him from our section yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, also we got to decide something today what are What's we deciding that? uh we're not we don't have a show on halloween mm -hmm. and sunday's supposed to be remote Mm -hmm. So it's tomorrow when we do our dress up episode because we did it last year. We got to do it this year. Mm, that's a good question. I don't. You're, it doesn't matter. Well, for it doesn't you, matter though. for you, Daryl. <laughs> yeah, I want to be Daryl to be this. a part of it. Where are you going to put on a costume and go to the game <laughs> and talk to Monty with Absolutely a costume not. on? I'll give you ten bucks if you dress like <laughs> ten. Bucks. Ten, yeah, ten shekels. Whoa! Ten. No. The, that's like uh, 10 shekels is like four bucks based on the conversion rate. Oh, that's tough. Oh my God. Uh, I'll give you, I'll give you 10 bucks. If you, if you go with the DA black shirt and, and big chain for the oh post game. Oh my God. Jesus. I'm going to avoid no. that whole, <laughs> that whole mess that's going to come that's with that. That's not nearly enough dollars to do that. <laughs> so are we going to dress up tomorrow or not? What? We can still dress up on Sunday. Well, if we're at home, I mean, it, it loses the effect, but I'm fine. Yeah, you guys might have to do it tomorrow. We'll we'll discuss off air. Sorry. Yeah, it was. Brian okay. with the super chat said, listen, Espo, as far as taking your six-year-old to Fear Farm, he gave you some money and said, we're good. Here's a deposit for therapy for your six-year-old. <laughs> yeah, $3. I think this is going to give me 30 seconds with the therapist for her. <laughs> well, you got to start somewhere. I've already screwed up so much shit. It's, it, that's problematic. We need more than 30 seconds. So. <laughs> oh, dear God. All right, we're going to leave. Okay. Uh, thank you guys for we tuning in. We appreciate ago. you. Uh, tomorrow, what were the results we of the poll? Have... The results of the poll? They're always 65% yes, 35% yes, no. Mm. So you're mm. going. Thanks, uh, tomorrow we have a pregame and a postgame show 630 before the Suns and the Pelicans tip off and then right after a postgame show right here on our YouTube channel. So plan to come hang out with us. Until then, you can follow me on Twitter at LindseySmithAZ. You can follow Saul at Saul underscore Bookman. You can follow Gerald at Gerald Borgay. And of course, you can follow Espo at Espo. Espo, take us home. Remember, the bereavement section. That's all I'm saying. Ahoy, ahoy. Hey yo, my lifestyle is retro. Tell the Phoenix Metro. Megas in control and he ain't never gonna let go. PHNX though, Lindsey Gerald Espo. Saw past the ball, we here to turn up the tempo. Got to understand me, y'all always wreck the family.